Now listen, our text in, in, in being in hot pursuit of the things of the Lord, I want you to memorize uh, Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2. And so I want us to say that together this morning. So that verse reads this way, As the deer pants for the water brooks. So just repeat that. As the deer pants for the water brooks. So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? I would really love it if you would just memorize that and begin to make that a declaration of your life. Uh, we used to sing that uh, uh, some years back. That was uh, a, a regular worship song. Uh, actually, the song that we sang this morning uh, that, that uh, says, uh, Lord, make my life a living sacrifice. I want to burn for you. That's the kind of conversation that I believe you need to move into having with God in your private time with Him. When you say to the Lord, I am willing to be tried by fire. I am willing to have the things that are in my life that does not look like you, that does not sound like you, that does not act like you, does not talk like you, think like you. I'm willing to have those things purged out of my life. That is a very very mature conversation to have with God. When Rachel found that song, when the worship department found that song and they began to practice it and they began to sing it, they actually brought it to me and said, are we ready to sing this? But see, the Lord told me at the beginning of this year that His purpose in us was to mature us. And that just sounds mature to me. I'm willing, Lord. I have told the Lord, I'm willing for you to mess with me. Any old time you want to mess with me, get me right. Get me right. I want to look like you. So I want to, I want to sound like you. I want, to, I want to walk like you, talk like you, act like you, think like you. I want people to be able to look at me and see Jesus. If they look at me, I don't want them to see me. I want them to see Jesus. I want them to feel an environment where we have cultivated prayer and, ex and the experience of encountering God so much so that if I'm not here, they walk in this room. If we're not here, they walk in this room. They still experience something of His presence that lingers. That lingers. So I'm desperate for God. And I'm telling you, I, I'm 60 years old. I'm desperate for God. I, I have yet to experience enough of Him. So this is what I want us to do. I think the Lord prophesied a word to us last week that contained a prophetic promise for this season. And so I'm going to revisit and rehearse with you those passages of Scripture that uh, uh, Reverend Larry brought to us last week because I felt like that was a moment from God we cannot miss. So listen to this. And this is, has everything to do with the subject that we are on in, in being in hot pursuit of the things of God. I'm going to read to you Zechariah 4, 6 through 10 again uh, here where, uh, where Larry ministered last week for a brief moment. When missionaries come, they have two purposes. When I teach, I have one. They come and they want to talk to you about what they do and they want you to be in support of them and I want you to be in support of them and I want you to support them monthly and I want you to pray for them and, and all of those things. So they feel their time, their time is divided between uh, talking to you about what they're doing and talking to you about what God is doing in you. 
So I want to talk to you about what God is doing in you this morning. Zechariah uh, 4, uh, 6 through 10 says this. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain, that stands before Zerubbabel? You shall become a plain. And he will bring forth a capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple and his hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent, you, has sent me to you for who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice. He's talking about the eyes of the Lord. If you go into Ezekiel and other places, you'll understand what he means here. These seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. The eyes of the Lord rejoice to see Zerubbabel equipped to do his work. That's what that says. The eyes of the Lord would scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. So I just want to unpack this a little bit. Uh, go ahead and forward that, Anthony. I want to pack this, unpack this a little bit for you. Listen, I want you to put your name in this verse. And, and those of you that meet and connect, and you'll be talking about what we taught today, you'll be doing this by practice. I want you to put your name in here. When the Lord says, Who are you, great mountain, that stands before? I want you to say, Who are you, great mountain, that stands before Ben? Who are you, great mountain, that stands before Linda? Who are you, great mountain, that stands before Stuart? Who are you, a great mountain, that stands before before uh, and just put your name in there i want you to begin to prophesy out of the word of god the promises of god over your life i want you to identify for yourself the mountain that stands before you the difficulty that seems to be in your way and i want you to begin to say god's moving my mountain you want to know how to cry grace to a mountain you tell it god's bigger than my mountain so I want you to identify your mountain and I want you to put your name in that verse and I want you to think like a believer who is anointed and in covenant with God. How dare you rise up before me to try to cause me to not accomplish the things that God has ordained that I would accomplish. The end of the week last week, the Lord began to talk to us about His desire to change the landscape of our life. And I want you to know that when you are in hot pursuit of Him, He will change the landscape of your life. But in order for Him to change the landscape of your life, you have to get comfortable with a little bit of change. You have to be willing for Him. Wow, this is great. Turn me down just a little bit. You have to be willing for Him to move some things out of the way. In order for him to put some things in their place that is necessary for the, for the establishment of your going and for the, for the purposes of God in your life. You've got to be willing for God to shake some things up. Listen, if the mountain that's in front of you starts shaking, are you going to feel a little bit of rumbling? You're going to feel a little bit of, of movement. God wants you to get comfortable as a believer with some movement in your life. There's some things that you've embraced. There's some things that I've embraced and that I've loved and I've thought were important that need to get out of the way. 
There's some things that become our tradition. I really believe in the kingdom of God that this entire last year and a half has been about breaking some tradition out of us so that we can move into being who God has designed us to be so that we can get some liberty, so that we can get some weight off of our shoulders and, and we're carrying some things, we're carrying some dead wood around in our life that God would like us to just lay down so that He can move. I want you to understand as believers that any time you decide I'm going to be in hot pursuit of Him, the enemy is going to come and try to raise a mountain in front of you. I've had people tell me, oh, I've discovered that, that all of a sudden the Lord began to deal with me about my giving and my tithing and my being, uh, uh, being uh, faithful over the resources of my life. How come the minute that I wrote that first tithe check, everything went wrong? Stay the course, baby. Stay the course. I thought the church bells were ringing. We don't even have any church bells. I thought God gave us church bells. Stay the course. Stay the course. When God begins to speak to you about changes in your attitude, about changes in your behaviors, when He begins to try to move mountains out of your life, stay the course. Don't let the enemy rob you of the moment that you must walk through by faith to get to the other side of it. I remember when we began to have conversations in our home about giving more this year than last year. And we've made that, and now that is kind of a pattern of our life, and we endeavor to be able to look back every year and believe God that we've given more this year than we've given the year before. Because we realize that if God didn't have us at the level of our possessions, He didn't have us. I wasn't here to preach on money, but there you go. I want you to be in hot pursuit of God. I want you to be the kind of person. Can you look at God and say, there's, there's one part of you I don't want? I don't want, the, I don't want that Holy Spirit stuff. I'm afraid he's going to make me do something weird. Well, we are peculiar. But he's not going to make you do something weird in his name. In that sense. Get over that fear and that resistance of the things of God and, and just figure if it's in His Word, let's embrace it, take hold of it, eat it, and, 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 and allow it to become a part of who we are in the context in which He... He's not, you know what? The Holy Spirit doesn't come and change your personality unless you have an ugly personality and He delivers you from it. If you have, a, if you have an ugly disposition, I, I don't, I don't I'd like to hang out. I'd rather hang out with happy sinners than unhappy Christians. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. But in, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. And at His right hand there are pleasures evermore. Why are there grumpy believers? Get in hot pursuit of Him. And then declare to Him that anything He wants to move out of the way, you'll let Him move. Then he says in this passage to, to Zerubbabel, and I want, uh, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to say this to you. He said, Zerubbabel, you've laid the foundation of this house that I called you to build, and that you, you've laid the foundation, and you're going to finish the work. 
And I want some of you to understand that in your years, in your walk with God, you've been laying some spiritual foundations and the Holy Spirit is saying to you in in 2021, you're going to finish the work. I'm going to bring you to completion. I'm going to, I'm going to bring some things to fullness and to maturity that, that have just been foundational in your life. Isn't that a great word? So God says to Zerubbabel, your hands laid the foundation of this work and your hands will finish it. And God is saying to you, uh, folks, you, your hands laid the foundation uh, of spiritual things in your life. Your hands have laid the foundation of the walk with God that you're trying to build. You're going you're to finish that. Don't get discouraged. And I had never, until Larry read this, I had never seen this before. That God says, my eyes have rejoiced to see the plumb line in your hands. God has placed some things in your hands and how to lead your house and how to lead your family and how to raise your children to know God and how to establish your goings in the kingdom and how to be the blessed of the earth. Just like he said to Abraham, I'm going to bless your socks off so much that everybody around you is going to get jealous and they're going to hey, say, how can that guy, even when he does it wrong, he gets it right? How does that happen for that man? And God has rejoiced to see the equipping of the kingdom in your hands. Church of Living Water, God rejoices that you allow Him to equip you. He's put a plumb line in your hand for the future that He wants to build. And He rejoices to see that in your hands. You just got to get to the place that no God is not in your vocabulary. That when God comes to you and He says to you, this is the, the, the assignment I'd like you to take up, or this is the task I have for you at hand, or this is the thing I want to work through you in these days, that you just say, yes, Lord. Lay it on me, baby. I'll take it. Yes, Lord. The other thing that I think this passage addresses so appropriately is that we absolutely tend to minimize the good things that God is doing us in, in us. Oh, that's just me. Oh, I, I just decided I'm going to walk with God. No big deal. And God says to Zerubbabel, and God is saying to you, don't despise small things. Do you realize that throughout life, those of you that are, that, that, that are making vocational decisions and making decisions about your future right now, uh, the, those of you that are making choices about the days that are ahead right now, uh, choices about what job, uh, maybe job changes and all of those kinds of vocational things, you, you think if God knows when the sparrow falls that he's not paying attention to that moment in your life, and you begin, and at some point in your life, you decide, I'm not walking for the enemy anymore, or I'm not walking to please my flesh anymore, I'm walking to please God, and you begin to make small decisions that move you in the right direction, it is, it is a compilation of many small decisions together that produce great rewards. And he says to Zerubbabel, don't, don't you despise small things. Some of y'all think nothing of this, the decisions that you come to in your life when you want to walk with God and, and you've been uh, someone who 
who took yourself to places that believers shouldn't go or participated in behaviors that, that, are, that are not appropriate to the life of a man and woman of faith. And you begin to let those things fall off. And, and those, they, become, they really do become small things. It's interesting, if you, if, if you ever smoked pot before, you probably walked in here and smelled some this morning. And the reason that you did that was there was a memorial yesterday and somebody was smoking pot in the bathroom. And it just wafted through the house. So when the janitors came, so, it, so if you came in and you had a little smell, it wasn't your imagination. But when you decided to lay those things down in your life and you decided that wasn't going to be a part of who you were in God anymore, you think that a small decision, God thinks it a big deal. When Jesse was four years old, he came to live with us the, the second time, or, yeah, four years old. And uh, we proceeded with his adoption and he'd be in the backyard and he'd come, there's smoking pot out there, you know, over the fence. Listen, I just want to talk to you believers. There are things that, that over the course of time, God begins to deal with you to drop those things from your life. And when he deals with you to drop those things from your life and he graces you to do that, sometimes it seems easier than you ever thought it would be. And so it becomes in your mind a small thing. But the Holy Spirit says to you, don't despise those small decisions that result in big rewards. And you decide that you're going to be invested in the kingdom of God financially. It, he graces you to do things in your life. And that may be a small thing to you in the moment. But in God, it's a big deal. I never imagined in my life when I decided that for the most part I was going to live my life debt free and we got ourselves to that place that it is, it is a big deal in God that, that he has the liberty to say to me, hey Anthony, I want you to drop $300 over here, $500 over there, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. If, if he says that to me, I'm free to do that without going, oh God, really this has to be a living sacrifice? Because I lived in those days where when God told me to do something with $500, it was a big deal. God wants you to be so free that you're actually free. So I know I'm dancing around and giving you some practical examples is what I'm doing. So God says, don't despise small things. Go forward. And, and, then, and then I'm rejoicing to see the equipping of the kingdom in your hands. You know what God is saying to a guy with a plumb line? Dream with me. Do you get what that is? Dream with me. Measure out with me what things will look like after I've brought you to a place of completion. Get up on the foundation of your life and measure out my plans. Dream with me. Go ahead. So then I want to just encourage you with these in the last few minutes that we have together. Jeremiah 51, 25 is the other verse that was read last week that just lit me up because I've never tied these two things together in my mind. I feel like I was, I feel like I was so blessed because God begins to prophesy to the mountain that is before his people. And I want you to understand <clears throat> as a people of God that our great intercessor who is seated at the right hand of God, his assignment today is to prophesy to your mountain. Yeah. 
That's what intercession is. That's what, that's what our great intercessor is doing as he sits and he surveys the landscape of the kingdom. He's prophesying to mountains that are hindering the kingdom and that are hindering the people of God. And he's calling those mountains dust. So listen to what he says. Behold, I am a... This is Jeremiah 51, 25 and 26. Another passage of scripture you might ought to memorize. Behold, I am against you, O destroying mountain, who destroys all the earth. When, when Debbie read that last week, you know what I heard? Who destroys earthen vessels. Who destroys the people of God. I am against you. The Bible says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He says to the thief, I'm against you, destroyer. I will stretch out my hand against you. I will roll you down from the high places. I will roll you down from the rocks. And I will make you a burnt mountain. I will scorch you until there is nothing good in you. God is saying to that which is against you, I will scorch you until there's nothing good in you. Steve Lawrence used to say to me when, when we'd be dealing with, dealing with spiritual oppression in the lives of people, and he, would, he taught us to pray that the, the, the enemy, you think you're going to mess with me? He, he would say, you tell the enemy you're not messing with me, I will pray that he burn you up. I read this and I got it. Lord, fry his tail. Because the Bible tells us that in, in Revelation, the Bible tells us that whenever we see the destroyer, he's going to be like a salamander clinging to the wall. We're going to look over and go, that's what caused me all the trouble? He is so small in light of who your God is. That's what messed me up? Are you kidding me? So God says to the destroyer, I'm going to bring you down like I bring a mountain down. You'll, they'll not take one stone from you to do anything good with it. Not for a corner, not for a foundation. There will be nothing left in you. You come against my kids, there will be nothing left in you. You come against my kingdom, there will be nothing left in you. Man, you ought to be living in this promise right now. Y'all ought to be eating this stuff. You better go home and chew this one. You will be forever desolate. That's how God's speaking to your enemy. That's how God's speaking to what is coming against you. Would you, would, we, we keep telling you to learn to say what God is saying. I want you to learn to say what God is saying right now over your stuff, over your life, over your challenges. I am against you, O mountain. You think you're going to come in and destroy uh, this earthen vessel that God is creating uh, for his good purposes. I am against you. I, he, the Lord stretch his hand out against you. He'll roll you down till there's nothing left of you. Get out of my way, mountain. Get out of my way. God wants to change the landscape of your life. There's some of y'all here. When I say that, you can make a list of what needs to change in the landscape of your life. There are some others of you, 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 have, you need to pray and say, Lord, what exactly is it you'd like to change? It's a good conversation to have with God. I remember the times he would say to me, these are the things I want to work on, and I'd say, oh, God, no, not that. 
but I discovered the things that I thought would be so hard. They're not hard for God. And if I just lean into Him, then they're not hard for me. His grace is strength to you. His grace is so powerful that He doesn't want His grace to be sufficient to leave you where you're at. He wants His grace to be sufficient to bring you to where you need to be. So in our pursuit of Him, I want you to understand what He's saying over the things that come against you as a child of God. Would you stand together this morning?